three out of four Gen Zs don't watch television. So if you're an advertiser, A, where can you find a whole lot of young people at scale? But equally important, how can you communicate to them in a language that they'd be receptive to? Welcome to another episode of Marketing Conversations with Lamphouse Films, the show that gives you direct access to tips and insights from today's marketing thought leaders. Lamphouse is a production company that creates beautiful film-centered marketing campaigns. If you want to learn more, you can find us at lamphousefilms.com. Today on the show, I'm talking to Adrian Montgomery, the CEO of Enthusiast Gaming. Enthusiast is paving the way into an exciting new frontier, esports. Now, if you're like me, you probably haven't thought about esports as a marketing opportunity, but it may be the single most important platform for marketers to be thinking about in 2021. If you don't believe me, stick around for this conversation. Adrian just might change your mind. Make sure you don't miss more conversations like this one. Click the link in the description to subscribe to our mailing list. So how did you uh, find yourself at such like a tech heavy company, not being a person who, who loves, t- loves tech? I was running a traditional sports and entertainment company in Canada. Mm. We owned uh, the Vancouver Canucks National Hockey League team. We owned a 20,000 seat arena. And we had an opportunity to put the biggest esports tournament in the world being the Dota 2 International uh, into our building because it had always been held in Seattle. Key Arena was undergoing a renovation. And in that business, you want as many events as you can in your arena, um, especially when your hockey team isn't playing. So mm. that was really the introduction to esports. And the, the Dota 2 fans literally descended upon Vancouver, took the city over. Uh, we set noise records, concession records, and just no seeing way. it up close in our building. Uh, blew our minds and we looked at each other and said this is the future and as you know I worked for a great entrepreneurial family at the time a month later we purchased an overwatch team from Activision and and sent us on our way so video games have been around for a while they're not anything brand new but I feel like this like esports surge is in the past maybe five years since I've been aware of it I'm sure it's been happening longer than that what do you think is causing it like why is this becoming such a huge thing? Well, there, there's a number of reasons for it. It's such an excellent question that I don't think gets enough analysis. Let's start with the fact that there's two and a half billion Gen Zs in the world. That's a big number. And they don't watch television and they don't listen to radios. And they've never spent a single solitary minute on earth without a smartphone in their hands. So that is issue number one, um, where esports um, has a fertile ground. Uh, number two is, is the fact that most uh, people of my generation overlook, which is the thing that's powering video gaming to such an extent is that it's, it's a social network in and of its own. Young people don't go on Facebook anymore. They go and play Fortnite. It, it, they, they meet new friends. They stay in touch with their old friends. Sometimes 
just talking about life while you're playing Fortnite or, or Call of Duty with your friends is secondary to the actual playing of the game. So it's that social platform that is driving a lot of it. And again, esports, unlike traditional sports, um, it, it's it's not a binary experience anymore. When I played Pac-Man, as an example, it was me versus the machine. I either got to stage 30 or I didn't. You now have a thousand people working on Call of Duty meta. Uh, you're never going to master that game. Mm. And it's taken on a whole different organic form of a sport. You can't master. You can, And there are professional Call of Duty players that are just that much better than the average person, but the average person can still play Call of Duty and can still imagine that they can make those moves and, and score those kills. And so I think it's a confluence of, of really interesting uh, factors. And then I guess the last point, again, I grew up, I'm a Canadian, I grew up a hockey fan. I didn't have access to my favorite players the same way an esports fan has access to their favorite That's players. That's interesting. Right? If I had access to Wayne Gretzky's house on game day to find out what he was eating, then to follow him as he went to the rink, then to be in the dressing room, then to have him uh, tweet out uh, his reaction to the game, I didn't have that. I would have paid a zillion dollars or had my parents pay for that. Um, and so that level of access is also putting this whole thing on steroids too. Yeah. Yeah. So my, um, my wife comes from a big gaming family, like her dad and she has a younger brother who is a Gen Z and they game a ton and they Fortnite is, is their game. And I, I, I so I, pl I play with them some and they have, I mean, honestly good friends who are just their Fortnite friends. And I, I think that was when I first started to like have my eyes open to like, there is real community that is happening here. That's not like, oh, who are these people you're playing online with? Like, these are, I mean, when the world started shutting down and nobody could leave, I feel like people who, like gamers, were, were doing better than anyone. Because it's like, their community was already adjusted to this. And, and that you've seized upon, well, certainly for enthusiast gaming, the single important word in the English language for us, which is community. We're, we're building mm. a world of communities and when we host live events and we look at all the floor traffic, the people walking the floor at our gaming conventions, that's a community. The people mm -hmm. going on Twitch and watching XQC or, uh, every night, that's a community. The people coming to our Pokemon sites are communities. And so you're quite right. The community aspect of this is very real. And for me, again, I always joke that I play two roles at Enthusiast. I am the CEO. I'm also probably the oldest person in the company. And so um, I wear two hats, two very important hats. My CFO uh, got married about a year ago. And he told me that he had two people at his wedding that he'd never met in person before. He'd only hmm. ever met them over the Xbox console. And they traveled from Australia to come to his wedding. And those relationships for him are every bit as real as the relationships you and I have uh, that were built physically. And so that was kind of an aha moment to me. And, and that is 
that community aspect that you're talking about is so important. I, I remember having a conversation with a friend of mine about um, somebody I knew who was just playing a ton of Fortnite or some game. And I was like, man, they spend, I'm like, it's crazy. They spend like four hours a day playing this. And they were like, would you be saying that same thing if they spent four hours a day practicing basketball? Or would you admire them for it? And I was like, it really like took me back. I'm like, wow, this is a group of people who are have this thing that they love and they spend a lot of time practicing because it's fun to be good at things. So I don't know. I, the one thing that I feel like I keep thinking about with this or that really coming in contact with you has, has caused me to think about is, so I work in commercial film advertising and everybody, whether you work in my industry or not, knows that the place where the most money is spent in advertising is around sports has been yeah. for a really long time. Everybody makes jokes about how expensive Super Bowl commercials are. And so I'm seeing the rise of esports on this side. I'm knowing that sports advertising is such a huge deal on this side. And it wasn't until now that I'm realizing, oh my goodness, there is a humongous advertising opportunity that is, that is cropping up over here that not a lot of people are paying attention to. I, I agree with that. Look, what I tell people is that... If you have a business and you need to engage with young people, you, you have to have a video game strategy. Mm. It's really that simple in January of 2021 because, again, three out of four Gen Zs don't watch television. So if you're an advertiser, A, where can you find a whole lot of young people at scale? But equally important, how can you communicate to them in a language that they'd be receptive to? And so what happened a couple months ago, and we were involved in this, so perhaps this is a shameless plug, but all that being said, there was a transformational moment that happened a couple months ago, and we were privileged to play a role in it. 72 hours before the U.S. presidential election, one of the presidential campaigns, the Biden-Harris campaign, spent a lot of money and took over a customized map in the game of Fortnite. Um, that is where they spent their money 72 hours before the vote. Wow. Um, AOC, the Congresswoman playing among us with a lot of our influencers. Mm. The, the, there was a, a sea change moment a couple months ago that, that really validates what I'm saying, which is, I don't think, whether you're Republican or Democrat or whomever, you, there's no more sophisticated, targeted media buyer on earth than a presidential campaign. Hmm. And the fact that one of them doubled and tripled down on cracking the video game market so close to the vote, I think speaks to what you're saying. Wow, I did, I did not realize that they did that. That is so fascinating. Um, so and so and it wasn't just ad placement. Obviously, they're doing this much more sort of in-depth experience for people at that large of a scale. It was it yes, it was a customized map. I can send you video of it. We had some of our bigger influencers taking their followers through the map. Um, it was a complete takeover. And the thing for me that was equally amazing, again given my age, was. I kept asking my team, when are they announcing that they're doing this? When are they sending a press release out? When are they? And they never did because mm. they don't have to. Yeah. Because 
the friends that you're talking about that play Fortnite, your wife, etc., they're already going to Fortnite on Friday night. You don't have to tell them to come to Fortnite. Mm-hmm. They're already there. And and so again, what I tell people is four years ago, if you were a presidential candidate and you had extra money to spend, what would you do? You would take an hour of prime time on NBC or ABC or CBS and you'd run an infomercial, okay? This year, this election cycle, they took that money, spent it on a video game. I rest my case. (laughs) Wow, what other industries, so, and that's one of the things that I wanted to talk to you about, is like, what industries is this good for? Because if if your target market is Gen Zers, like that's one thing, but the Biden-Harris campaign is not primarily looking at Gen Zers, They, they can't vote. Or at least most of them. I don't. I, maybe the cutoff. Maybe a few of them can. But um, that's. It's interesting that it, we're seeing it in in these sort of younger focused areas, but we're also seeing it with a presidential campaign. What other industries are you seeing jump into this? Beverage industry, the mm. beverage industry, um, the uh, car and auto industry, uh, banking insurance mortgages wow you name it because the name of the advertising game hasn't changed you still want to get a young person loyal to your brand as as early as possible in their life cycle you still want um you know look chase manhattan bank still wants young people uh to open accounts uh rocket mortgage still wants 23 year olds uh, there are 25 year olds to, to, to get mortgages, hmm. car companies, uh, still want to target. And, and, and the, and the issue is, um, consumer behavior is changing too with Gen Z's. They don't get driver's licenses the moment they turn 16 in anymore. Uber and Lyft have changed that. And so if you're a GM or a Ford or a Tesla, um, you want to get those young people loyal to you as soon as possible. And so yeah, Popeyes, GoDaddy, the U.S. Air Force wants to recruit young people. They do business with us. Um, it, the list goes on and on. It's 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 a huge fertile market um, that um, because again, it's not only getting in front of young people, but it's talking to them through their passion of gaming. Mm. The, the message is every bit as important in marketing to a Gen Z as the medium. Yeah, and that's one thing that I feel like we're pushing all the time is like if you're advertising on Instagram, you need to talk like Instagram. If you're advertising on TV, you need to talk like TV. Like people don't want to be advertised to. They want their advertisements to be just a part of the experience that they're having. And so you mentioned earlier, if you're trying to speak to Gen Zers or really millennials, um, you have to have a video game strategy. For, For those of us in the marketing world who the notion of marketing of video games being a part of the strategy is brand new. What are some of the basic, like, as you're building that strategy, what are some of the basic things that you need to be thinking about? Well, one of the, one of the biggest things that that you have to think about is, well, to take a step back to answer the question um, in, in a roundabout way, the, the single fastest growing marketing channel right now is influencer marketing Hmm. because young people 
are, are highly influenced in, in their purchasing decisions by the people that they follow on social media. And so for companies who want to target young people, getting um, banner ads on cool websites is great. Getting pre-roll video on YouTube is great. But what you really want is you really want an influencer with a big following who has a lot of credibility with their audience to simply create some piece of content that endorses your product. That mm. is proving to be one of the more effective ways to get young people to buy stuff. And, and, it, and it just so happens that what's emerging right now, which is good for people like me, I suppose, is that the biggest social media personalities, a lot of them are gamers. Mm. So if you wanna get into gaming, um, it's, it, it's, you, you want to get influencers and gamers and content creators to wrap their arms around your product and endorse it. And that you would say is sort of the best, like first strategy as you're coming into this world. I think it's part of it. I think it's definitely part of it. We've done business with Gillette um, and Gillette is, you know, Procter and Gamble, very sophisticated company. Sure, getting access to our 300 million monthly viewers is important to them, but having our gamers use that razor in a video that they post mm. on their YouTube channel is every bit as important to a sophisticated marketer like Gillette as the access to the media inventory. So it's a combination of the two, but definitely get some gamers uh, involved in, in product placement. So another thing that I wanted to talk about is in is in ads beyond just product placement. One thing that I that I um, was talking to somebody on your team about was something that they called three six three hundred sixty degree programs. Can you tell me what can you tell me about what that is a little bit? Yes. Yeah, so for us, we enthusiast is building a business um, that wants to span um, the fan experience. So we're not just competing to be a great esports organization, even though we own Luminosity, which is one of the bigger ones. We're not just competing to be uh, you know, a collection of websites. We're building across the fan spectrum so that when your wife stops playing Fortnite uh, or her friends stop playing Fortnite, oftentimes they're not done being a Fortnite fan. They're gonna go to Twitch mm. and watch streamers. We want them to watch our streamers. They're going to go to YouTube and watch videos. We want them to come to our YouTube channels. They're going to go to Epic Games fan sites. We want them to come to our sites, um, et cetera, et cetera. And so for us, when we go to a client, we, we say, look, here's what we should do. If we want to wrap ourselves in your product and drive market share around this young person audience, we will for in, in exchange for whatever you're going to pay us, we'll give you access to website inventory. We'll give you access to our, our Luminosity team sponsorship. We'll give access to our events and we'll activate. And so we're, we're doing a number of things and that's, that's the 360 offering. And really there, there's no one else approaching it that way right now. And that is resonating with, um, with clients who want a bunch of different touch points. Yeah, interesting, interesting. So as we're as we're wrapping up here, 
for people in our audience who are, I mean, primarily people who work in marketing, who are sort of debating whether or not this is this is the move for them, what would you say to people who are sort of trying to figure out whether or not this is right for them? I really don't know any other way to meaningfully engage with young people as effectively as having a video game strategy. 70% of Gen Zers say that gaming is a core part of their identity as human beings. Whoa. Three out of four don't watch TV. Uh, they stream on average 50 videos a day. They spend 10 hours with their smartphone. Um, I really don't know any other way to do it as effectively. That's what I would say to them. And again, 12 months ago, you'd have some marketing executives laugh in a meeting and say, look, I don't know why anyone else, why anyone would watch someone else play a video game. I don't get it. Um, meanwhile, we've accepted that people will watch Martha Stewart based a turkey. People will watch someone drive an 18 wheeler across the ice in Alaska. People will watch somebody else uh, sell, sell a home in Los Angeles. So again, 70% of young people say it's a core part of their identity. It's so pervasive to them that I don't think you can ignore it anymore. Thanks for watching another episode of Marketing Conversations with Lamphouse Films. As you probably know, we reserve bonus content, including extended interviews with our guests for our email subscribers. So make sure to click the link in our description to sign up for that list today.